Hi, this is Joel Scrivener, pastor of Oaks Church in McKinney, Texas. And I wanted to say thank you so much for listening, sharing, and supporting our podcast. I know that today's message is going to inspire you, challenge you, and empower you to fearlessly follow Jesus like never before. Now, let's check out today's message. Thank you, man. Ah, oh, come on. How many of y'all are glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? And I am um, I'm so excited to be with you. As Brandon said, been longtime friends of, of him and Pastor Joel. And I uh, had the opportunity to serve on staff with them previously. And, um, and I'm just believing for a, a great Sunday. I honestly, I can't say enough good things about your pastors. And uh, they're just incredible people, generous people. I love churches that will uh, just get behind people and get behind other churches, even though they may be 10 miles up the road and say, you know, we're part of something greater than just our personal church. We're a part of the Capital C Church. And uh, you guys are so generous. And so can we just give uh, Pastor Joel and Jennifer Scrivener just a big round of applause. They're just incredible. Pastors Brandon and Angel Marie, I got to work so closely with them and uh, they just have an incredible heart for, for people and we love you guys. And uh, I'm just blessed to be here. I love, I love this North Dallas area. We, we moved here about eight years ago, and uh, we kind of moved all over the place for ministry. We grew up in Alabama, spent some time in Georgia, California, and, uh, and now we're here. And this is our forever home. And uh, we just knew that God solidified that a few years ago and just spoke to us that this is the place that we're gonna plan a church. And uh, back in 2005, my wife and I just knew that we had received a call to plant a church. And so every city that we've ever stepped foot in, whether on vacation or, or uh, in our moving from city to city, we just asked God, is this the place? Is this the place? And then uh, about a, two years ago, we really felt the Lord say, this is the place. Put down roots here. And, uh, and so that's what we're doing. We're putting down roots uh, just about 10 miles up the road on that northwest corner of Frisco where Little Elm, Frisco, and Prosper all kind of meet. And uh, we've been doing life in that community for the last eight years. And we just feel like God has said, you know what? Stay here in this area. The relationships that you've built over the last eight years, I want to leverage those. And, uh, and we're going to plant a church and uh, you're gonna build my house. And that's what we're, we're set out to do is build God's house. Come on, anybody love the house of the Lord? Anybody glad that you're in the house of the Lord this morning? Uh, this morning, uh, just before we, we dive into things, I wanna I want share a story with you and, uh, and then we'll, we'll hop into scripture. If you got your Bible with you, you can go ahead and turn to Psalm 55, verse 22. And as you're turning there, uh, keep, a, keep an open ear. Uh, I wanna share this story with you. In the late 1800s, there was a, a businessman by the name of Horatio Spafford. And Horatio Spafford had uh, a ton of kids and uh, he had a great life. He was very wealthy. He took all, most of his money and he had invested it into real estate in Chicago. Well, in 1871, you know that the Great Fire of Chicago came through and he lost most all of his possessions that he had. All that he had invested got burned up in that fire. And so he had a friend in the UK that knowing he had lost most of his possessions said, hey, listen, I've got a business deal for you here in the UK. Uh, bring your family, move them here, and, uh, and I'll help you get back up on your feet. 
And so as uh, he was getting ready to, to travel, uh, travel abroad, he got held up by business, had to tie up a few loose ends. And so he sent his whole family ahead. And as his family was on a ship, two boats collided in the Atlantic Ocean and his four daughters perished and, and passed away uh, in the Atlantic Ocean. And he received a telegram from the UK, from his wife that says, saved alone. She was the only one that had survived. And so he hopped on a, on a ship and he headed across the Atlantic Ocean. And, and when he got to the spot to where his daughters perished, he wrote these words. He said this, when peace like a river attendeth my way. And when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, and it is well. Don't you sing it with me? It is well. It is well with my soul. It is well. my prayer for us this morning is that as we leave this place, no matter what you're walking through, no matter what you're going through, that, that we can leave with that prayer in our hearts and our souls and in our spirits. God, it is, it is well. Well, let's go to Psalm chapter 55, verse 22, Psalm 55. How many of you brought a paper Bible? Come on, if you got a paper Bible, why don't you hold it up, throw that paper Bible up in the air, be proud of it because you know you're the most spiritual people in the room, Okay. Uh, how many of you brought an Apple Bible? How many of you have an Apple Bible? Just throw that Apple Bible up in the room. Okay, I see a lot of glowing lights. How many of you brought an Android Bible? Android Bibles, come on. A few people. Yeah, I know you got one, Cassius. Every time I text you, it's green bubbles. It drives me crazy. Uh, that's why I don't text you much, by the way, Cassius. I just... Uh, so here's my theory, all right? If you have a paper Bible, when we, when we all are standing in line for heaven, if you bring a paper Bible to church, you get in heaven first, okay? So you guys, if you bring an Apple Bible to church, you get in heaven second, okay? So you'll have to wait a little longer. And if you bring an Android Bible, we're not even sure if you get in. So I don't know. We're, 
We'll, we'll all see. We'll see how it all. I'm actually reading from a digital Bible today, so I guess I get in second. Let's go. Psalms 52, verse 22. It'll be on the screen if you don't have it. It says this, cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I just pray that you open up every ear. God, open up every heart and every mind to receive of your word. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, if you'll believe, receive that. Why don't you say amen? Amen. amen. Anybody love family game night? Family game night. I love it. I love family game night. Uh, we'll break out the, the games at our house. But I got to be honest, it gets a little intense. It get, does it get any intense at anybody else's house around, around game night? Because I mean, if, if, if we're being honest, game night is a serious thing, okay? Um, if, if we're playing in game night, we play to win, okay? We don't lose, all right? I don't, I don't like to lose. I don't, I don't care if you're eight. I got my family with me, by the way, so glad to have you guys on the front row with me. And, uh, but I don't, I don't play to lose. And so I've got my eight-year-old daughter. She just gave me a look like you just now remembered me, but I don't play to lose. And so even if we're, even if we're playing, I'm like, I, because I feel like I'm teaching a lesson, you know, like life lessons. You really got to teach them to win. If, if, I, if I take it easy on them, then and, you know, and, and they win, what have, what have we really taught them? You know, it's, it's an opportunity to teach them lessons. And so when I play, I play to win. And we love the game of Jenga. Anybody else love the game uh, of Jenga? Uh, it's a great game. And, um, you know, I, I think if, you know, most of you should know the rules, but if you don't, I'll, I'll demonstrate for you. So what you do is you, you go along and you find a block that is like that, and then you place it here on top, right? And then the next person goes, and they're looking for a block that is, you're not supposed to use two hands. Can I use two hands? No, you can't do that, cheat. Uh, so you just kinda play by play, player by player, takes a block, and then they place it on top. Now today we're gonna be talking about depression and anxiety, and if you struggle with anxiety, you're probably already getting a little anxious this morning. <laughs> Um, thinking this thing, you're like, don't preach too hard because if you do, this thing might fall. Let's see, let's find another one right there. And so this is kind of, I, I was playing Jenga and, and God just began to speak to me. Now I know you're like, God spoke to you about a game. I'm like, it's my message, I'll preach it the way I want to, all right? <laughs> and so the Lord began to speak to me kind of about the way that we live our life. And you know that if, if you live in this world that there's, there's no way that, we can do away with hurt. There's no way that we can avoid pain. There's no way that we can avoid loss. You know, as much as I wish we could, as much as I wish that we didn't have to lose loved ones, as much as I wish that we didn't have to experience the pain that, that, that is occurring because of sin that is in the world, because of a fall that took place way back in Genesis, we all will experience hurt. We all will experience pain. The question is, how will we deal with that hurt and pain? And so eventually as we're going through life, our, our life can kind of look like this to where we have these, these holes, to where we have these gaps, to where we have these insecurities, to where we have these vulnerabilities in our life that, uh, that as we go through life and, and we experience loss and we experience hurt and we experience pain, we become a literal, little more vulnerable. Can you see that? But what we do is, the American way is to take that pain, to take that hurt, to take that problem, and just pile it on top. 
And just go, you know what, I I have to shoulder this pain myself. I have to shoulder my problems myself. I can't let anybody else into my world. I can't let people know what I'm walking through, know what, let them know what I'm going through. And so what we do is, is we take that pain and we just pile it on top. We just continue to go through hurt, pain, loss. But rather than doing what the Bible says... We take it and we, we pile it on. But what does the Bible say that we should do? It says that we should what? We should cast. We should cast our cares on the Lord. But instead, what do we do? We, we carry our cares. We hold on to our cares. We hold on to our pain. We, we hold on to the things that we're going through. We say, you know what? I can deal with this. I got this. I got it under control. I can take care of my finances myself. I can take care of this loss myself. I can take care of what I'm going through myself. Rather than bringing people into it, we just go, no, I'm good. I've got this. So right now, would everybody agree that this is in my care and in my possession? This is mine, I'm carrying it. Do we have any former football players, any high school football players? Right here on the corner, okay? Do you think you can catch this? Were you, you, you look like you were a lineman. Were you a receiver or a lineman? Combo, okay. We got a tight end over here, okay? So we're gonna see, we're gonna see if, our, if our tight end can catch this, all right? This is what casting our cares looks like right here. So I take it and I toss it right back here. Do I have it anymore? It's not, it's not in my possession anymore, is it? It's not in my, you've got my problems, okay? I just transferred my problems to you. Good luck, okay? But I don't have my cares. I don't have my problems. I don't have my burdens anymore. This is what casting my cares on the Lord looks like. It's not me dealing with them. It's not me struggling with them. It's not me battling with it anymore. I take it and I transfer it from my care over to God's care. So my question to you this morning is what are you carrying that you should be casting? What are you carrying that you should be casting? Because there's problems, there's situation, there's hurt, there's pain that you're dealing with, that you're processing. The question is, what are you carrying that you should be casting? Now, let's see how good I am. Can you throw it back? I know you weren't a quarterback. You said you were a combo. Let's see what you got. Throw this back to me. Let's see if I can. Ah! He was a lineman for sure. He was a lineman for sure. (laughs) Anyway, now I've got the care back in my hands. Oh, thank you. Look at this. Thank you. Vanna White, everybody. Thank you very much. (laughs) Cast your cares on the Lord. Because I I think there's there's three primary reasons, if I can, that we, we hold on to our cares, that we hold on to our problems, that we hold on to our burdens. I think, number one, it's this, because we have problems to neglect. We have problems to neglect. Because I, I, I mean, if we're honest, we're, there's some things that we really don't want to deal with, right? <laughs> I mean, as the checkbook starts drawing closer to the zero, sometimes we just don't even want to open up the app and look at it, right? You're like, can I afford the Starbucks today? I don't know. If I don't look and I buy it, then I don't have to face, right? I, I mean, there's just things in life that we go, you know what? I, there's, there's problems that I just want to neglect, You know, maybe it's things in your marriage and you go, you know what, if we just don't talk about the problem, it just doesn't exist, right? It's just not there. So if we just ignore the problems, we all have problems that we want to neglect. 
But, uh, but if you're like me, any, any Enneagram lovers in here? Any Enneagram? One, two, three. Everybody else is like, what in the world is the Enneagram? Okay, E-N-N-E-A-Gram. I don't know how to spell Enneagram. And so what it is, is it's a number system and you take this test, go home and take it tonight. It's a free test online and it'll give you, assign you a number one through nine. I am a number seven, okay? And a number seven is this, they're the enthusiast, okay? So they're excited about everything, they're pumped about everything. But they say this about a number seven enthusiast is that an enthusiast really doesn't want to deal with their problems. This is me. Because they're happy all the time. It says they don't want to feel any emotion. So what they do is like, I'm the guy that if there's a tense situation, like if this guy and this guy just all of a sudden started fighting in church, I would be the guy to go over and try to tell them a joke and get them to calm down, right? I would be the one trying to diffuse the situation. Hey, everything's happy, everything's good. So this is what I do. I'm what I call a bottler. Anybody know what a bottler is? Uh, A bottler is a person that you just, when when you feel emotion, you just take and kind of pack it down. You could press it down, you could press it down. But finally what happens is with, with a bottler, it's kind of like a, a, a bottle of carbonated whatever, a carbonated drink that when you shake it and you open it, it just spews everywhere. That's what happens with a bottler is when you neglect something. And so what I'll do is I'll just push it off, I'll neglect it, I'll neglect it, I'll neglect it until finally one little bitty thing will set me off. And, and that's the problem is that we all have problems. But what we want to do is we want to push them off. We want to neglect them. We want to act like it's not real. We want to act like it's not really there. My question for you today is what are you carrying that you should be casting? So we all have problems to neglect. Number two is this. We all have pain to reject. Because dealing with the pain of our past can be painful, right? Have you ever just sat in bed at, at night and you're laying awake and Maybe you're reflecting on a past hurt, a past wound, a past pain, and it almost just feels like as the Holy Spirit is kind of pointing out things in your life, you're like, oh, oh, that hurts. Anybody else or is it just me? I mean, you just, there's these pains and there's these pressure points that as God goes, hey, I need you to deal with that, and you go, no, 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 I don't want to deal with that. And the Lord maybe even comes in a, in a service as you're worshiping and goes, hey, I need you to deal with that. And, and, and as it's pressure, you know, oh, I, I don't want to deal with that. If you've ever had a broken bone and you go into the doctor and they look at it and they begin to apply pressure and they're like, does it hurt here? You're like, yeah, it hurts there. Why are you pressing on that? But God is, he'll come in and the Holy Spirit will begin to apply pressure to things because he wants us to, to deal with the pain. But we all have pain that we want to reject. You know, there's that old saying that's, that time heals all things. You've heard that saying? That's such a lie. Time can heal all things, but it'll only heal what you're really willing to reveal. And, and what I've learned is that time can actually make a wound even worse. That, that if you don't deal with the pain on the inside, if you don't deal with the hurt, if you don't deal with the trauma, that, that trauma can fester and become worse and turn into bitterness and turn into anger and turn into something and, and turn you into the person that you don't want to be, all because we have this pain that we want to neglect. So we have problems to neglect. We have pain to reject. And number three is this. We have a, we have a pressure we have a pressure to perfect. Because I mean, let's, let's be honest, we, we all wanna portray this, uh, this perfect picture. It's, uh, it's Christmas card season, right? And uh, you know, you're all gonna be getting a, a Christmas card. 
And this is gonna have the, the perfect happy family on the, on the Christmas card. But I mean, honestly, how many of you know that picture time is, is nothing like what the actual, actual card looks like? I mean, especially if, if you got kids and, and they don't want to take pictures and, and, you know, they're unhappy and, and mama's like, come on, smile. And she's pinching them under the arm, you know, and she's like, I promise when we get back in the car, I mean, everything looks good. And it's all like one, two, three, and everybody, cheese. And then you get that, you get that card in the mail and everything, but you know the pain that, that it took just to get that one perfect picture. And we act like it's, how about this year? How about we make a pack that we all send the dysfunctional picture? How about that? <laughs> we send the one to where, you know, mom and dad are getting on to the kids and tell them to, telling them to smile and bribing them with everything. And let's send out that picture. Merry Christmas, you know? But we all, we, we all want to act like we have it together. We all want to show up to church and just be this, this perfect Christian, like everything is good, like you just didn't get in some big argument on the way to church. Like you didn't just, like sometimes like you don't just have to show up and put a smile on your face, but the problem, but, but here's the challenge, is that we all have those problems that we want to neglect. We all have the pain that we want to reject, and we all feel this pressure to perfect. Can I, can I just tell you today, let's, let's cast off the care. Let's cast off the worry. Let's stop trying to carry this pressure to perfect and just go, you know what? God knows I'm not perfect. You guys know that I'm not perfect. I'm just a human, just like you're a human. We all have our flaws. We all have our problems. So if we'll just show up to church and go, hey, I'm not perfect. I need help just like everybody else. And the person that I need help from is in the room and his name is Jesus. And I showed up to meet with Jesus. And when I get in touch with Jesus, things begin to change. Because here's the problem is that if we come in with this mentality that we're perfect, then we don't need Jesus' help. But Jesus in the Bible said this, that look, my power is made perfect in your weakness. So when you're weak, guess what? That's when my power is most effective. So when you will come into the house of the Lord and in your personal times of prayer and say, God, I can't do this on my own, the power of the Holy Spirit steps in and says, I got you. And that's what we need. We need the power of the Holy Spirit active in our life that when we're at our worst, he says, don't worry, I'm at my best. I got you, friend. I'm gonna help you make it through. I'm gonna help you get through this season. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Because we have this, this pressure to be perfect. I love what Proverbs says. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And what? Lean not. Right. Because watch this, watch this. God has a destination that he wants to get us to. God's got a place and a plan for each one of us. And he's got this place that he wants us to get to. But what happens when I'm, I, if, if I'm walking towards that destination and I'm going towards that destination, but I get tired and I get weary and I try to lean on myself, am I making any progress? Anybody like to run? I have a love-hate relationship with running. Sometimes I love it, sometimes I hate it. But when I, you, you know that when you're, when you're tired, what do you do? You go to this position right here, but you're never gonna make any progress right here. This is leaning on my own understanding. But man, when I just wrap my arms around Jesus and when I walk through hard times, guess what? I can keep moving. 
When I lean into his understanding and I don't have to get it, I don't have to, to make sense of why did I go through this as a child? Why did I have to, you know, maybe you're in this place and you're asking yourself, why did I have to go through the divorce? Why did I have to experience that? Why did I have to have that cancer? Why did all the things that we process, don't lean on your understanding. There are some things we cannot figure out this side of eternity. But what we can do is rest and lean into Jesus. And as we lean into Jesus, we're able to continue to move forward to that destination that he has for us. Cast off all of your cares. Come on. What are you carrying that you should be casting? Watch this. 1 Kings chapter 19. You can turn there or you can uh, write this down and go back and read it later on. But watch what it says. This is crazy to me because some of the greatest men in the Bible struggled with depression, struggled with these feelings, struggled with their emotions. Watch what it says. Elijah, one of the great prophets, this, this story right here happens right after he does an amazing miracle to where he defeats all of these false prophets. He calls down fire from heaven. Anybody called down fire from heaven lately? He calls down fire from heaven and in the next verses, he's depressed. Watch this. It says, Elijah was afraid and he fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Watch this now. Then he went on alone. Somebody say alone. Can I tell you the worst thing that you can do when you hit a point of depression, when you hit a point to where you're sad, is isolate yourself. Is, is get off somewhere by yourself. And it says that Elijah went on alone into the wilderness. And he said this, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. Look at this. He's suicidal. Take my life. I don't even want to live. What? You just performed this amazing miracle. Now you're praying, take my life? For I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel told him and said what? Get up. Get up and eat. And so he looked around beside his head, and there was bread and, and hot stones on a, in a jar of water. Can I just pause for a minute? Does anybody wish that you would just wake up in the morning, and there was hot bread laying on your pillow for you? <laughs> and some coffee right there? I mean, if this, Lord, if you can make it happen tomorrow morning, just wake up in some jelly toast right there. <laughs> and he said, get up. So he got up, and he looked around, and there beside his head was that baked bread, and the hot water, and so he ate and he drank it, and he did, and, but watch what he did. He laid down again, because this is the, the process and the cycle that we can get in, is we can come to church, we hear the Holy Spirit speak, get up, we walk out of church, and we go lay back down in our misery. We come to church on Sunday, our spirits get up a little, but then by Wednesday, we've laid back down in our misery. Because what it looks like is we're not really casting our cares. What it looks like is we're taking our cares and our problems and our burdens and that we're taking them into our care and our possession and we're trying to deal with them and we're trying to manage, manage it and we're trying to handle it all on, on our, all on our own. But what God is saying is you need to cast your cares on me. Not leave the house and get back down in your sorrow and get back down in your pity. But what the Holy Spirit would say somebody today is get up. Come on, somebody say get up. 
Come on, it's time to get up out of the pain. It's time to get up out of the problems. It's time to get up out of your misery. Look, I know it was bad what happened to you, but come on, it's time to stop rehearsing it and it's time to get up and go, there's a destiny and a place that you've called me to. And God, I'm gonna head to that place. I'm gonna head to the thing and I'm gonna be the person that you've called me to be. But it'll never happen if you keep laying back down in the sorrow, if you keep laying back down in the hurt, if you keep rehearsing the pain, if you stay in that place that the Lord would say to somebody today, Come on, get up. Come on, somebody say, get up this morning. Get up. Because I I love what Proverbs says. It says that in the multitude of witnesses that there is safety. See, this is what we think. We think if we keep all of our problems to ourselves, if we keep all of our burdens, if we keep them all hidden, all that everything is good. The Bible says this. That in a multitude of witnesses, meaning this, that if you are willing to confess to other people and bring other people in this journey, that's what the body of Christ is all about. That's what showing up on Sunday is all about. Not that we can show up and go, look at me, I'm perfect. I worship the Lord. Look at me, I brought my paper Bible. I'm getting into heaven first. That's not what it's all about. What it's about is coming together as a body of believers going, we are imperfect people that serve a perfect God that when we come together, we find strength that when we leave this place, we can do life together. That's what the church is all about. So these are the problems that we have. But here are the paths to healing. Number one, you gotta reveal it. Carl Rogers, he's, he's an American psychologist, a famous doctor, and he said this. Listen to what he said, it's interesting. He said, you feel anxious because growing up, parents, teachers, and other adults made you feel deficient. And that anxiety has translated into an unwillingness to let others know your true self. Now this is a doctor. Listen to what he did. He developed a form of psychology called self-disclosure therapy where psychologists reveal things about themselves to make their patient feel more comfortable about opening up. What's amazing to me is that as you look at the medical world, they understand that confession does something for people. That when you will actually open up and begin to talk about what's going on in your world, That when you will actually open up and maybe share things from your past that you've been through, that there is a freedom that comes. But also notice that they realize that there's a freedom that comes when you don't have to act like you're perfect. So the doctors go in and they say, hey, listen, this is what happened to me in my past. And in doing that, it opens up freedom. Can I tell you the freedom that will come to a body of believers when we will all just get real and say, listen, this is my past. This is what I came from. I am not that person anymore. This is who I am now. I've been transformed by the power of Christ. I'm not telling you I'm perfect today, but what I'm telling you is that every day I'm leaning into God. I'm leaning into his power. I'm leaning into the Holy Spirit. And that as we do that, people's lives will be transformed. Not only will other people's lives be transformed, but your life will be transformed. Because there's power when we will get vulnerable and we will say, I'm not a perfect person. I need Jesus we reveal it number two is we confess it James 5 16 says confess your trespasses one to another and pray one to another that you may be healed salvation comes when we confess our sin to Jesus that's where salvation comes but healing comes when we'll actually open up and share to others what's going on 
There's a healing power when we do that. And then the final thing as the band makes their way back is this. You got to release it. You got to release it. You saw me earlier throw this to my friend. And as I cast it, that that means I don't don't carry it anymore. You got to release it. But a lot of times we get in the habit of doing this, you know, we'll, we'll come to an altar on, on a Sunday and then what we do is we, we take that thing and, and we, we take it back with us, right? We're like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give that to you, God. Actually, you know what, I'm just gonna, if I can, just slip this. Nobody will know, you know. Nobody, it is good, it's good. And then we take it back in our care because we don't know if I'm quite ready to give up the hurt, the pain, the anxiety, the depression, the, the whatever it is that you're dealing with. But then there's another group of people in here today that you're like, you know what? I hear pastors say things like, no weapon formed against them will prosper. And you're like, that to me just sounds like some words that was written, you know, 7,000 years ago. That I mean, you don't really know what's happened to me. And so what your life kind of looks like is this right here. You go, yeah, I came to church and this is my life. I showed up today and I hear that phrase, no weapon formed against me will prosper, but actually this is what my life looks like. And uh, it looks like the weapon that was formed against me prospered. And maybe you came in here today and, and you, honestly, it just feels like you're in a hopeless situation. And you're just like, man, I'm just broken down, I'm burdened, I'm, no weapon formed against me, really? Do, do you know what I went through in 2020? Do you know what I went through in this last year? Do you know the health battle that I've been up against? And you want to tell me and preach at me, no weapon formed? you want to come in here and talk about cast your cares? Do you know what I'm going through? And there may be people here today that literally feel like this is my life. But the awesome thing is that we serve a God that he does the impossible. And we serve a God that he makes masterpieces. And so today, if you came in this place and this is what your life looks like, Jesus said this, I'll read it to you. It was a prophecy that was spoken about Jesus. And then he declared it over himself. It's Isaiah chapter 6. So for the spirit of God is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, opening the prison doors to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. But watch this. To comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, but I love this, to give them beauty for ashes and and the question is is how can you make anything of ashes (laughs) when you take something and you burn it and it's ashes it's done it's finished If, if I burned this block of wood and it was ashes as much as I wish as I could take this and form it back up and give you this block of wood again I can't do it it's ashes but God said, look, I don't do things the way humans do them, and I don't, I don't work in the confines of, of your world and, and your mind and your reality. What I do is I work in the realm of the supernatural, and I'm God, and what's impossible for you is not impossible for me. So God says, look, if you got ashes, great, give them to me. I'll give you beauty. 
And that's the awesome thing about the God that we serve is he can take the broken, hurt, destroyed, pile of rubble things and he can make something beautiful. And I'm a product of that. I'm a product of a God that said, you know what? You might have been a broken teenager. You might have been a kid that was on the wrong path. But that's all right. I can take you and I can plant you in Frisco, Texas. And I can raise you up to be a pastor. And you know, I don't know what you've been through today and what your life looks like. It might look like rubble. But what I do know is I I serve a God that goes, that's okay. Give me your broken pieces. Give me your brokenness. And I'll make something beautiful out of it. I'll give you hope. I'll give you joy. I'll give you peace. I'll give you something that you never thought that you could have. You thought it was over. You thought it was the end. In fact, maybe you've even been at a suicidal place like Elijah was. But God just comes onto the scene and he goes, I got you. I can rebuild that. Even the vulnerabilities that were once there, guess what? I can take away those vulnerabilities. I'll fill it with my power and I'll fill it with my Holy Spirit and those gaps won't be there anymore. I got you. I can take care of you. And as we begin to give every problem, every care, every burden, everything over to God, he begins to rebuild and restore the things of our life. Because that's the God that I serve. So if you'd stand on your feet with me this morning. Just a moment with every head bowed and every eye closed. You know, maybe you came into this place carrying some things and you need to be casting some things. I would just say to you, this is your time. This is your opportunity to cast those things. Nobody's looking around this morning, but if you say, hey, that's me. You've, you've been talking to me this morning. You've been talking to me. I told you about my tendencies that I, I'm... I just want to act like the problem isn't there. Maybe you just need to, you in your mind, you need to make God aware of it. Can I tell you no? He already knows. He already knows what you're walking through. He knows every problem. He knows every burden. He knows every situation. No pressure to be perfect because he's, he already knows. You don't have to carry it. He already knows. He's just waiting for you to give it over to him this morning. So if that's you, you just say, hey, look, I've got some things that I'm carrying and I need to be casting. If that's you, come on, would you just lift up your hand? Hey, that's me. Come on, hands are going up all over the room. You're in good company. You're in good company. Lord, we just worship you this morning. And God, we just give all our problems, all our cares to you. We just lay it down at your feet. God, we know that you can do all things, that you can take the broken things, that you can take the ashes and you can make them beautiful. So God, we just give them to you. God, we cast them on you, God, because you care for us, God, because you will sustain us. So God, we give them to you. You're our strength. We need you, God. We need you, Lord. And God, we just declare that you're faithful. You've always been faithful. You're gonna be faithful, Lord. And we just give all our problems, all of our burdens, all of our cares, we cast them to you. Come on. Can you just say faithful? Say faithful. You are. Come on, just declare that. Just lift those hands and say faithful.
hands and say faithful faithful Come on, just cast those cares. Just cast those cares. All your promises are yes and nay. One last question. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You came into this place today. You don't know where you'll spend eternity, but you want to know. Maybe you have this tension and this wrestling in your heart and spirit of a fear of eternity. Today, you can leave this place with no fear, knowing, hey, you know, when I die, I'm spending my life with Jesus. Today, if that's you, I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I need him in my heart. I need him in my life. I need his saving power. Come on, if that's you, I just want you to lift your hand, and we're going to say a prayer here in just a moment with you because this is a moment of marking. This is a moment of saying, God, my life is yours. I'm following after you. It's not mine anymore. I give it to you. I'll place it in your hands. Come on, let's say this prayer for those that raise their hands. Say, Jesus, today I give my life to you. Forgive me of my past and all of my sin. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you died and rose again in Jesus name come on and everybody said amen amen come on can we put our hands together for all those that made that decision we hope this message has blessed your life and if it has we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.